You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always, my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we got started covering the Chargers over five seasons ago doing our own Facebook live show, Chargers Domination Live. I write for the LA Football Network and this is our fourth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, boy, super exciting show for you today with a super fun guest that we're bringing on. But first, thank you for making us your first listen today. We very much appreciate it. And Thank you to anyone who's checking out the show for the first time. To make sure you never miss an episode, make sure to go follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. But we have some news to start with today before we get into our special guest because the Chargers have brought on a return specialist and waived KJ Hill. Chargers making what they think is a much needed improvement, right? We'll see how it plays out with them. But we'll talk about what Andre Roberts brings to the table and we'll also talk about an article by Bill Barnwell of ESPN talking about how the Chargers should trade back for Young Waku in some weird cosmic event that would probably break the NFL. But I told you we have a special guest today, and we do, because we have the host of the Lockdown Padres podcast, Javier Herbert Reyes, coming on the show with us today. He's a Padres fan, but it's all Chargers talk today. So we'll talk about you know what he's made of the new Chargers this year, what Charger reminds him most of Fernando Tatis Jr. We'll also talk about what he thinks about Brandon Staley and so much more. But before we get started, today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's, who are proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends over at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. All right, David. So the Chargers made a signing, right? The bye week has come, and we knew the Chargers needed to improve in some areas. And I think when you looked at the team, there's a few problem areas that you could have picked from, right? The run defense was obviously not good, the worst in the league so far this year. The kicking hasn't been good. The special teams in general hasn't been good. And the Chargers made a move to try to at least fix some of that by bringing in wide receiver and return specialist Andre Roberts, who is 33 years old, but he is a return guy who is a proven commodity, unlike KJ Hill, who got waived the former seventh round pick out of Ohio State. We'll see what happens if he clears waivers, right? And the Chargers try to add him back on the practice squad. But right now, Andre Roberts is the new return man from the Chargers, a three-time pro bowler, a one-time all-pro, right? The Chargers are trying to get better. I think it's a very low-risk, high-reward signing. Yeah, the Chargers needed to do something to kind of spark that return game because it's been a real problem and teams have really been using it to their advantage because they know there's no threat there. I've said that a couple of times, but it's been really true. There's no one that has that juice that speed that you can really have to kind of game plan for and worry about. But Andre Roberts does, and he's had success and recent success. As of last year, he had a 30-yard average on his returns, and he has five touchdowns, return touchdowns to his name, three punt returns and two kick returns. So this guy is a proven commodity. He has experience, and he has done very, very well. The Chargers needed to inject some speed and ability into that return position. And they did that by signing Andre Robert. Yeah. That 30 yards per return last year led the NFL in 2018. He led the NFL in punt return average. So, I mean, he was still about 30 years old when he did that. So obviously age is a little bit of a concern. I will say he hasn't looked like his 2020 self so far this year, but 
being on a bad team can do bad things, right? I mean, last year he was on the Bills. He went from the Bills to the Texans. So a new change of scenery, even as an aging veteran, I think can definitely help him a little bit. Obviously, you don't want it to be Jacoby Jones, right? He was the guy who was supposed to help the Chargers special teams a few years ago. Didn't end up working out that way. I think he, I don't even know if he had like a net one positive yard in his time returning punts for the Chargers, but this guy is a different type, right? I mean, this is a guy who last year led the NFL per kick return. And I think the biggest thing is, is just the fumbles. I mean, I put it on Twitter, five fumbles in his last 21 games. That's obviously a big issue. This year he has two fumbles. He did recover one of them. For his career, 23 fumbles, nine recovered. So it's like, okay, uh, you know, so really what is that? So like 14 fumbles, he didn't recover, so he's good for losing at least one of them every season. At least you're getting some upside there. Obviously, I don't want to see any punts get muffed at all, but at the same time, like, you just, KJ Hill, the only thing he was doing well was not muffing punts. Even the decision-making, this is a guy that knows what decisions to make, knows whether or not to take it out of the end zone on a kickoff, knows whether or not to field the punt if it's near the goal line. Those are all things I think Andre Roberts is going to bring more than what you saw from KJ Hill and the litany of other guys who've done it over the last couple of seasons. But I also want to talk about this because this also means, you know, the Chargers are open, right, to adjusting their roster. They're open to bringing in new guys and trying to improve on some positions. And getting a return specialist is a lot easier than getting a, you know, dominant defensive tackle. So it's like certain things are easier than others. But maybe the Chargers would be ready to trade, right? Tom Telesco hasn't done it. In his eight years as GM, maybe this is the year he feels like he can go out and make a deadline trade to help the Chargers roster. And Bill Barnwell of ESPN had an idea. And it was for the Chargers to get Young Waku and for the Falcons to get offensive tackle Trey Pipkins and a fifth-round pick. So is it a fifth-round pick if you don't throw in Trey Pipkins? Or was like it a sixth-round pick and they're like, all right, you're going to have to give us a fifth if you want us to take on Trey Pipkins. No, I'm just kidding. But this is so funny, David, because of course it's young Waku and the, you know, the NFL has a few of those guys, obviously Josh Lambeau, that's ended badly recently. Right. But he was really, really good. Maybe the best kicker in the NFL for like a season. Young Waku, since he last left has gone 67 of 72 on his field goals, including a 52 or 58 out of 62 on his extra points, which is obviously Tristan Biscayino, you know, has been terrible missing five extra points already this season. I would do it, <laughs> David. Like, oh, as, yeah. as messed up as it sounds, like, it's one thing to draft a kicker really high before you know how they're going to kind of translate to the NFL. It's the other thing to prove for what now is a very hot commodity in Young Waku, who has a contract coming up, so the Falcons in their cap situation might be willing to let him go. Would I do it? I mean, as soon as you say, hey, mm-hmm. Trey, Trey Pipkins for Young Waku, and that's the end of the conversation. Like, I don't even need the pick. I would just make that trade straight up. I mean, we know how much of a problem Trey Pipkins has been in any capacity that the Chargers have deployed him in. The Chargers would be sending a fifth round pick though in this situation. Yeah, fine. I don't. I don't care. Yeah. Get, I mean, no, if that's I what it takes to. to I don't get think anyone's of. trading Trey Pipkins straight up for Young Waku. That that one might be pushing it. <laughs> Either way, if we're getting rid of Trey Pipkins, that's fine. And yes, netting Young Waku who performed very, very well. A lot better than Tristan Vizcaino has so far. And it's cost the Chargers game. So, I mean, the Chargers do need a better kicker. And also, Trey Pipkins has lent himself to that because of his protection on kickoffs and also on field goals. It just hasn't been great. 
for Trey Pipkins. And also, obviously, we know he hasn't done anything as an offensive lineman either. So, yes, I mean, this is a net positive for the Chargers. They get rid of Trey Pipkins. They get a better kicker. Absolutely do it 100% of the time. Yeah, and it only costs them a fifth-round pick, which will be somewhere around where all those compensatory picks are going to come in for them next year when they get those. So they have a lot of late picks. If they want to send a fourth-round pick for Young Waku, I would do it at this point. I mean, fix the problem. Young Waku was three of six on field goals when the Chargers cut him. But And Tristan Vizcaino has made most of his field goals, right? He's only missed one 44-yard field goal so far this year, but five missed extra points. The other guy out there is Dustin Hopkins, who is definitely coming off of a bad year, under 80% on his field goals last year with the Washington football team. This year, just under 86% on his field goals, which is pretty good. Does have a couple of extra points missed, but for his career, 93% or better on all of his extra points. So at least you'd have that figured out because we know Brandon Staley isn't a huge fan of kicking field goals regardless. I don't think, you know, if you gave him the choice, he might just never kick a field goal again anyways. But I would trade for Young Waku. I would definitely be willing to take a flyer on Dustin Hopkins as a veteran who you know is going to at least go in there and do it and, you know, has about a 70% touchback rate this year. So he has the leg to do that as well. Do something. Change something. I mean, it's at a certain point, if you're not hitting extra points, it's hard to imagine you're going to keep hitting field goals consistently. Brandon Staley has the leash, but how long can the leash really be? Yeah, and I mean, swirling wins or not, I mean, it just hasn't been good enough. Maybe we'll see them do other things as well in the trade market. Maybe they'll bring in some other veterans if they see some other guys get cut as well before the trade deadline comes up early in November in a couple of weeks. So it'll be interesting to see, but very nice to see the Chargers going for it, changing something, not being, you know, stuck with a seventh-round pick in KJ Hill, knowing it hasn't worked out for returning kicks or returning punts for KJ Hill, and it was time to move on. So credit to Tom Telesco for doing that. Hopefully it works out with Andre Roberts. I definitely think the upside is there. I mean, there's definitely at least a chance he's good, which is better than I think we would have gotten from KJ Hill in this season. But we do have more segments to get into because we have Javier Reyes coming up, our special guest today to talk about Justin Herbert, Brandon Staley, even a little bit of Phillip Rivers talk mixed in there. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about the official betting sponsor of the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm talking about betonline.ag. They're back in better than ever, a new web interface for the start of basketball season, and more props, odds, lines than ever before. And BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action, college or pro this season. All you have to do is head to their website and check out the new updated desktop or their mobile website to sign up today from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the amazing offers they have available for the 2021 season, including getting a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. That's Locked On, all caps, one word to get your bonus at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. What's up, guys? Back here with our very, very special guest, the one I've been telling you guys about. I knew we were going to do some fun bi week festivities, but this is a show we've been wanting to have. For a while, because right now we have on Javier Reyes or Javier Herbert Reyes, depending on if you're looking at his Twitter or not. He's the host of the Lockdown Padres, but also a big Chargers fan. So he's going to kind of co-host with us today and also do a little bit of a guest interview with us. But Javi, thank you for coming on the show. For those of you who can't see it, we're going to put some clips out tomorrow on social. But he does have Stitch. It's a very famous Stitch that he has there. So Javi, thanks for coming on the show, man. We appreciate you bringing that energy over here. Look, man, Stitch and I, I mean, I'm not just saying this to do the brown nosing <laughs> thing or anything like that. I've been looking forward to this podcast for so long. It's just, 
I cannot emphasize enough how happy the Chargers have made my life over the last like year and a half. And it's it's funny because they weren't as good last year, which we're probably going to get into and all that stuff with, with Justin Herbert. But like they've just made me so happy and I'm so all the way back in. I never left. I tried to leave once. I tried oh. to leave. There was a reason. It, it may or may not have to may or may not. And I can neither confirm okay. or deny. May or may not. <laughs> confirm or deny. But I remember because my sister, who's a big Packers fan, right? She was like, now's your chance. Come join us. You'll be so much happier. <laughs> was she right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> but I'm, I have yeah. a beef with my sister because she's been a Packer fan since I was like two. And I'm like, all you had to do was come to me and be like, root for this team. I would have. Right. My parents didn't care that much about football. They were just big Yankees fans. And that was it. That was their main sport. You could have just corrupted, not even corrupted me, but brought me to the Packers side. And I would have done that instead of letting me, the dumb idiot kid, be like, oh, I like the Thunderbolt. That's how I'm going to choose my favorite NFL team. And here we are. Well, I mean, hey, that was the next question is how you became a Charger fan because I know you're living in New Jersey. But yeah, I mean, like, I've cursed my dad many times, you know, where I was just like, why? What did you get me into? Because I think most people, Mm -hmm. you know, unlike you, get their favorite team from their parents, right? And Mm kind of have that pushed upon them. And not going to lie to you guys, when the Chargers left San Diego as a San Diego native, I was pretty upset like most people, obviously. Yeah. I tried to be a Packers fan for a hot minute. And what I noticed was, obviously, like, you need the pain, too. Like, the pain that comes along with it, you actually need. Because, like, <laughs> I remember it was the playoffs <laughs> and the Packers won a game. And I was like, this feels good. Like, this, you it's know like what? Nice. Yeah, I can nice. get used to this. They were supposed to win. They won. And then the next week they lost and I felt nothing. <laughs> and that's why I was like, I mean, I just, I can't even pretend like you just, you, when you turn on the TV, like you're either going to feel something about the team you're watching or you're not. It's just, it's so funny to think about it. Cause it's true. When you root for some of these other teams, even in like, uh, like for a little bit of a smaller example, I don't have an NBA team per se. I'm a very extremely dizzy Clippers guy, but not really. <laughs> I'm really not. Uh, I'm a Chris Paul guy. And I've okay. noticed every time I've been thinking about a team, I'm always like, ah. But then when I watch Chris Paul, whatever team he's on, the Thunder, the Suns, the Hornets, the 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 what what was the other team before the, the Clippers? I mean, there we go. Yeah. Uh, like Your whatever team. he's playing there, um, that's 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 my guy until he retires. That's my NBA team per se is the Chris Paul uh, alliance per se. But yeah, like <laughs> it's true. Every time you think about it, I mean, it's 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 I do not begrudge people who are like, you know what, life's too short. Work is hard. You got to work for a living. I can't just hang out with my friends. I just want to at least not be sad. So they're like, you know what? I'm going to choose a different team every now and then. Say you're maybe a Browns fan right now because they started blowing up recently, right? I do not begrudge those people. And if anything, I applaud people for not being, especially in baseball, I find this the case where it's like showing like a blind loyalty ship to a team like your Knicks, like your maybe Cleveland soon to be guardians, like teams that don't do anything ever. Like you're kind of just like helping them out. You don't want to help out a team that's done nothing for you. So I actually think that you're probably improving things because maybe, you know, Washington football team, they kept that one GM of theirs for so long because he was friends with Dan Snyder. I know that that team is in a whole bunch of other controversies right now. Friends with John Gruden too. Yeah. uh, Like he was a terrible GM, but they were friends. And it's like, if I'm a fan, I'm like, you know what? Screw this. And I applaud you if you left that team because now that's where you really hit them in the pocketbooks and all that stuff. And then they maybe, maybe they start to put together a good team, but not so much this year, I guess. But yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a fun ride. But every time I think about it, every time I think about it, I'm like, I can't, I can't leave them as much as I try. Yeah. I mean, definitely the chargers have all played a a pretty big place in all of 
you know, our fandom and everything. But on Twitter, your name is Javier Herbert Reyes. <laughs> what is it that you love so much about the Chargers superstar quarterback? Oh, man. I mean, I know life. it's yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like I always joke about how he's my husband. That's been my Twitter bit for a while now. Uh, I change my name every time the Chargers season is in uh, session. So it, there's a couple things. So obviously it's it's very easy to be like, I love my quarterback because he's good. That's the most important position. I get that. But I think it's the reason why is because there are actual quarterbacks that get weird degrading, like not degrading, but, um, you know, they, they get slighted for kind of arbitrary, dumb reasons. So we're going through that with Lamar Jackson right now where everyone's totally. moving the goalposts and stuff. He's literally won an MVP before. What are we doing? <laughs> he kicked our butts last week. I'm like, what are you then doing? Then it was the playoff game. Then he won a playoff yeah. game. Yeah. And then it was the playoff game. It's like, oh, well, that, that Chargers game when they first played in playoffs. It's like, yeah, they ran every play after the Chargers played them two weeks ago. Yeah. I could probably come up with a scheme if you're just going to run the same thing. So my thing is, Unlike Lamar Jackson, which I think a lot of there's a lot of biases in there that we have against quarterbacks of his ilk with Justin Herbert, all the coverage was genuinely it made sense. People, first of all, as me, I was like, oh, no, another Oregon quarterback. Oh, no. The last one turns out a mess, Marcus Mariota. So I was like, all right, here we go. He's the the terminology people were using, like the the stand. He just knows how to run NFL offense. He does this. He just knows how to throw from all these boring, cliche type of things. And then there was also really deep analysis where it was like Steven Ruiz of um, USA Today formerly, like wrote a whole like in-depth football stuff that I barely even understand. Talking about like he literally did not do any of the things that he messed up in college just did not show up in the NFL. Right. And that's why so I like him improved. so much. Yeah. It's not like, say, if Justin Fields turns out to be great, we're all going to be like, yeah. I mean, why was he the seventh quarterback pick? Like, there's there's at least a question there. Everybody questioned the Justin Herbert pick, and actually for good reason. So that, I think, to that's a little bit of a convoluted way to explain it, but just the surprise factor of how good he was immediately. I mean, the Chiefs game, making his debut against the Chiefs after our team apparently tried to, you know, injure Tyrod Taylor. Apparently that was some wild allegedly allegedly, uh, (laughs) type of stuff that happened there. He comes in and then I see him run out of bounds, get hit hard by a Chiefs defender and the Chiefs defender is hurt. And I was just like, what did I just watch? And I'm watching this guy perform all year. And I, it was the first time in my life. I did not care that the Chargers were losing games. I just didn't care. I was like, this guy is so much better than everyone who rightfully criticized him thought he would be from Mina Kimes to Steven Ruiz to everybody. Every single person, yeah. To Rob Mays, all these NFL people, right? Everybody, It made sense. I was like, yes. And from that point on, I made it a a, a firm declaration. I am never going to judge prospects literally ever again. I'm out. (laughs) So everyone asked me, who's your quarterback this year? How do you think Lawrence will be? Don't care. I'm not not issuing a take anymore. Oh, well, well, Zach Wilson and all this stuff. My only thing, if I had to pick a bus, it'd be Zach Wilson just because he's on the Jets and the Jets are cursed. But uh, like for the most part, I'm out because he literally defied all the rules, all the footage that we saw of him in college. The criticism for, her, for him were genuinely justified and he just didn't show up and that he was awesome. And the I was in play, the, that whole meme thing <laughs> was just incredible. <laughs> and in, yeah. there's kind of because Philip Rivers, obviously a god, King Philip, as I always call him. Yes. Just a real like kind of the antithesis of Justin Herbert. This guy's oh Very yippity snapperters and talking so much stuff. And Herbert's <laughs> like, hey, I'm just kind of like vibing and like let's just let's go out there. Like, not that he doesn't care, 
that's an no. obvious like misconception that if you're not yelling around like Gordon Ramsay that you don't care. But he's just kind of like just there. And that's what I love about him is that it's just a completely different experience. So I will tweet my support from every week. Yeah, I mean, Dolphins fans. Huge. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the poor Dolphins fans. Yeah, the Dolphins fans are going through it now. All the positives. Everyone was yeah. like, look at this guy. Best completion. We loved him, too. Best touchdown rate. Everybody did. And for good reason. That's yeah. why I like this so much. It's so much fun to kind of look back then. The Dolphins fans are hurting right now. They really are. I'm friends <laughs> with a bunch of them. And they're just like, oh, my God. They're just so miserable. <laughs> it's like, what yeah. happens? And then you um, have to wrap your mind around potentially going for Deshaun Watson. If they trade for him, yeah, Deshaun Watson. Oh, how do we feel about this? Like, yeah, that's that, a, it's whole a, a troubled can existence. Of worms oh, yeah. No, but for, and, for Dolphins, yeah. like, to live in that world right now, I'm definitely not envious of that at all. I mean, for sure. But. Is it Philip Rivers who you think about? Like when you just think of Chargers, like with the Padres, it's Tony Gwynn. Now that mantle yeah. is kind of being carried by Fernando, and we'll talk about him next. Mm-hmm. But like, is that the guy when you think of the Chargers' first name that pops up, St. Philip Rivers? Yeah. I mean, that's what I talked with you guys about, where it's like we both had our respective star blowing up for our team, right. uh, a, a, like a somewhat nascent superstar for teams that have been kind of like disappointing. I mean, the Padres much worse historically than your team your team it our team i should say yeah my my mistake my mistake uh but like they've been good before hey i mean 2018 they were good you know mike williams game winning touchdown on thursday night the day before i started my internship you know what i mean and i was so excited for and then i just see them go for a fourth down to win the game moments like that like they've been good they haven't been disastrous they're kind of just they always kind of gut punchy you know what i mean padres it's like Oh wow, Seth Smith is our best player this year. And I oh, Everett Cabrera. You know, so like do all I. these guys. Andrew Kashner. Will Kyle we figure Blanks. it out? Nope. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Like Austin Hedges and all that stuff. But then with you with the with the Padres, um, it was just kind of total misery while the Chargers, at least a little bit. When I think of the Chargers, it's still Rivers. That's still my favorite guy ever. No one's going to usurp that until after Herbert retires. That's when I would make my decision. You know what I'm saying? Like, because for all we know, so it could be five yeah. years and then maybe it's not the same anymore. Maybe right. he's you still a, have an average. Play out. Hey, maybe he says some mean things about teams. I don't Never. know what'll happen. I, don't I just don't know the future. I don't think he will either. He's a very smart guy. He's, he's just not falling for any trap. He's like, probably the you know quarterback I mean? in the NFL right now. I'd be most you know, blindsided by seeing some John Gruden emails or something like that. Like, I, he, I mean, him and Brandon Saley, I would say, seems like yeah. the Chargers are probably a good hand set. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it would. But Philip, there's just something about Philip, and I think he's so lovable and hateable. Like, he's the guy you love him. He's, he's your quarterback. Like, I have so many non-Padre or non-Charger friend friends that like loathe Philip Rivers. Just like cannot stand Philip Rivers. Very and I think odd people. Yeah, I mean, but like <laughs> when he's talking trash to your team as he's, you know, yeah. waddling down the field and like getting ready to, to not <laughs> run right. the ball. Like, waddling is perfect. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like shuffling. Too. Like it's like a, you know, senior center power walk, you know, marathon or something like that <laughs> down the yeah. field and just screaming into your ear and not using a cur- Like I have a friend that hates him just because he won't curse. Like he's like, hey, you know, if he just <laughs> dropped an FU every once in a while, like I could be a Philip Rivers fan, but like he just won't do it but we do have a couple more questions we're gonna we're gonna make javi a guest host with us today because i have some serious questions that i want all three of us to answer including what chargers the closest to fernando tatis jr if they have one right because we know it's not justin herbert with the way you know his mental Absolutely. isn't the same uh, <laughs> the antithesis as javi would put it but we're gonna get into that and more coming up right after this 
All right, well, before we get back to hobby here, talking Chargers, first, I need to also tell you guys about one of the places I love, and of course, I'm talking about McDonald's. And McDonald's is one of the best places that you can go, not just to eat to find affordable food, but it's also like a local community center as well. And today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's, who's proudly serving communities since 1965. It's a place where friends and families can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have a dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. I love McDonald's and everybody has their favorites. For me, I'm always going McChicken, some sort of McNuggets. I'm always all the way there for that. You can get me a McFlurry too. There's so many. I mean, I could go through the list of all the things at McDonald's. And the chances are I'm probably going to like it. But make sure you guys head down to your local McDonald's so you guys can reconnect and refuel. Maybe we'll have a Locked On Chargers meetup at one of these McDonald's. That would be a ton of fun. But make sure you guys head to McDonald's now. I'm loving it. I just need to tell you guys about Built Bar and all the special flavors that they have going on right now. Built Bar is my favorite protein bar, hands down. And one of the main reasons for that is all the flavors. And right now, guys, you are in luck because it's one of the best times you could ever have to go buy Built Bars. Because right now, they're swapping out seasonal flavors. Like every three to four days, you're getting special new limited time flavors to go along with the favorites like cookies and cream, peanut butter, brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel. So many different great flavors to choose from. I just got my pack of blueberry muffin built bars and those are absolutely delicious we also just had rocky road as well which i believe you can still find on there so go check out all the great flavors that you have that they have right now guys because you can find something that tastes like a candy bar but is also going to fit on your diet usually have about 17 to 18 grams of protein so you're getting that protein that you need while still fitting on your diet because they usually only have around 130 to 180 calories only four to five grams of net sugar and four to five grams of net carbs and right now we can even save you guys some money because if you guys go to built.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, guys, back here with Javier Reyes, host of the Locked On Padres podcast, and obviously a Chargers super fan, Justin Herbert super fan. I'm sure probably a Brandon Staley fan too, I would guess, Javier. We have not talked about this at all, but the you know, Padres tying it all together. Right, they have are in need of a new manager, rightfully so. But Brandon Staley is the Chargers' first year head coach, and he's obviously mm-hmm. made a lot of ways. Things hit a little differently after you lose 34 to 6, obviously. But of course, the way he talks and pressers and all of those things has just been so enlightening. So, what have you thought of Brandon Staley so far as a Charger fan? Um, I was so excited just listening to a bunch of podcasts being like, you know, we, I, I think obviously, and you guys have probably talked about this, everybody talks about this. There's obviously a problem with the way. Coaching happens in the NFL in terms of who's selected. Eric Bieniemy obviously being a big deal of this. The, sure. the issues that we have with racial and and all that stuff with NFL head coaches and Brandon Staley, a little bit part of that, where people are like, yeah, like yet again, this is this guy, guy cut who, the line. Yeah, yeah, he cut the line. But from all those people, they did acknowledge and they were like, you know, maybe you could say the guy the Eagles hired. Which, by the way, Nick Sirianni, I love him only because that is one of the funniest opening pressers I've ever seen in my life for a head coach. I lost my mind at that. I texted my friend and he just went, not today. Oh my God. He just went, not today. Not today. (laughs) He said, not today. (laughs) He's like, we ended our discussion there. Um, But basically with Staley, people were saying, well, in fairness, a lot of people talk about this, guys. I was reading a ton of pieces. I really do love reading and like listening to stuff on the the Chargers, especially with your guys' podcast. And people were saying there is a little bit stuff with this guy. He thinks differently. He's kind of a new generation way of thinking. The whole, you know, it's it's kind of a similar vernacular we use when talking about Sean McVay when he first came. Right. So I was looking forward to it. And then 
I also have really enjoyed his pressers. He's a thoughtful dude. Which I is a love... crazy thing to say you enjoy mm-hmm. an NFL head coach press know, right? conference, by the way. like I thought normal. his his lines after the Gruden thing, I thought that, yeah, I know some people focused on the obvious message that we should all atone to, right? Which is, right. we need to figure out how to be more inclusive. We all have to come together and stuff like that. But every now and then, personally, I'm like, all right, like, okay. Like, yes, obviously. But then I thought that he really had a really truthful and really, like, kind of observant sentiment where he was like, the issue with those emails is also that this is why historically like disenfranchised groups, I'm paraphrasing obviously now, like yeah. that's why there's a lack of trust there. And I thought when he emphasized the idea of trust was like a very thoughtful thing. Cause I've listened to NFL head coaches before and they're like, yeah, like we, we got to do better. And like, I'm know, worried about just, my own locker room. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to yeah, do like, what's I'm best more, for the football team. Yeah. We're going to do what's best for football team. And this guy comes out and don't get me wrong. He wasn't like out there, like going crazy or anything like sure. that. But he, he made a statement that felt like, not hurting anybody's feelings. He was just like, this is what we have to understand. And this is why people don't trust because they're like, you say all these things, you put the hashtag, whatever is the hashtag and inclusivity matters or whatever have you and whatnot. But then we know behind the scenes how you really feel. And that's what happened with John Gruden, right? And various others. And I guarantee you, they aren't the, he isn't the only one uh, for sure. I don't think anyone disagrees with that, but I really enjoyed that. I enjoy him kind of talking about, you know, the run game and establishing the run and why you don't need to do, to set up the, the pass, you don't have to run the ball. You do need to run the ball. He's not that far of an analytics guy where it's like, all you need to do is throw every down. I hate when right. people are like that. I got someone that I saw on my Twitter feed the other day that was like, can we stop using interceptions, uh, uh, treating interceptions as a legitimate stat? I was like, God, it's like, it's <laughs> where like do we draw the line? Like, don't you feel like there are some kids out there that wearing the Princeton shirts and coming from you know, economics degrees that are like actively trying to ruin sports? I'm like, ah, yes, it doesn't matter that I literally gave you the ball as a quarterback. Doesn't matter whatsoever. You know what right. I mean? It's just because a stat doesn't tell the full story doesn't mean that it's useless. I think that's right. Totally. That happens in baseball a lot, too. Right. But uh, I just love the way he described it. I love the way he described, you know, going for fourth. down. I mean, this guy, that Kansas City Chiefs, man. Oh, my God. The. He went for it in his own territory. Right. Or was that the Browns game? It was probably both. I don't even remember. Every game. (laughs) Every game. I'm like, he just trusts Herbert so much. The team. It was fourth and nine on that one. That's what was so wild about it. Like fourth. You get the five yard penalty. Right. And then you still go for it. Like, how many coaches have we seen with like, ah, never mind. And Sometimes, rightfully so, but I think it's paid dividends for the the, uh, the Chargers this year. I almost said Padres there. Nothing has paid dividends for the Padres this past season. Um, but for the Chargers, it's like, I just love how aggressive they are. I love how new they look. I love that Mike Williams, big Mike, big name for a big city. Uh, he's stepping up big, collecting, you know, he's a little bit of a slant king. And then big deep passes. It's like it's almost right. like no in between for Mike Williams. It's kind of awesome. I kind of really enjoy watching him play. Um, and then Eckler's awesome. I've loved... I've noticed that it's very hard to find people, at least amongst my friends, who hate the Chargers. Usually you're like, yeah, like they have fun players. Austin Eckler, like he's literally cares about fantasy football and all that stuff. So when they're always like the dark horse team going into every season, it's like, watch out. Mm-hmm. The Chargers could make some every noise year. and then they inevitably, you know, get injured <laughs> and, and fail to live up to those expectations. But since it is a locked on Padres, locked on Chargers crossover, and I know there's some Dodger fans out there too, you know, and I know Javi got some heat you know when we came on the lockdown podcast podcast sorry and we're, about that. We're, and, we're, and we're keeping it in all chargers here today but i mean as a baseball fan it's hard not to talk about fernando tatis jr and it's just as javi you know wishes he could talk more about the chargers i wish i could talk more about that dude just how could you not i mean 
we talked about him being the antithesis of Justin Herbert because both of them yeah. are young phenoms just handling it. Like Justin Herbert's a lot closer to Mike Trout, right? And then he is to Fernando mm-hmm. Tatis Jr. But I think there's an argument for a couple guys. So, David, I'll start with you since I haven't talked to you in a while. Who's the Fernando Tatis Jr. of the Chargers? <laughs> who's your Who's your call for it? I have a guy in mind. Yeah, so for me, I'm going to kind of go down a little bit of a rabbit hole with this one, and you'll, you'll see where I'm at when, when we come out the other I side. So. But, <laughs> but uh, Austin Eckler is my pick here, and it's because right. he came from a small school, Western Colorado State, where nobody knew about him. The tr- when the Padres traded mm-hmm. for Fernando Tatis Jr., he was a nobody, you know, from a obviously from a historic family with Fernando Tatis Sr., but nobody knew about him as a prospect. He, he wasn't that to highly touted of a prospect. Yeah. Right, exactly. He had to kind of make himself with the Padres organization, and then you see him in superstardom. He's really comfortable in front of a camera. He'll definitely do all of the media spots. Austin wants Eckler, to the be same, the face of baseball, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Austin Eckler has that same energy. He wants to be in front of people. He's been kind enough to be on our show and talk with us, which was really awesome. Uh, and that's why I think they have matching energies. Uh, I think that's the answer for me. Austin Eckler, for sure. My hobby, you're up. I'll let you have time to think. I buffered for you. <laughs> it's okay. You better have the right answer. I mean, I feel like it has to be Derwin James. I know that makes me sound like a casual that I just named probably, answer. aside from Herbert, like the best player on the team, but... I, that guy's energy is so infectious and it's not just like a, you know, Jalen Ramsey energy is contagious, right? This guy yeah, is in your I face and I love that guy. You know what I mean? Like I can't help but respect him because also it's really hard to play defense in the NFL and what he does. Don't get me wrong. I know that his unhinged, just Arya Stark-esque like hit list of just <laughs> judging every quarterback in the right. league that one year was yeah. incredible. In fairness, he clearly had a plan. He's like, you know what? I want to get my name out there because I'm good and I want to be famous. So that's what he did. And then, I didn't, hey, he did approve of Philip Rivers, which is great. Um, but for right Derwin, answer. it's like just this this energy to him. You know, I mean, I was seeing like a couple of videos from him, I think, on the Chargers Instagram feed. Uh, just him talking, being infectious, like at some wedding party or whatever. And they're like making fun. He has that kind of like smile to him. And then he's got that unbelievable talent. I mean, he's another one. I remember when he first got drafted that. Everyone told me they're like he might be the best actual player overall in the draft. I was like, "What? Great!" And he got drafted I, as 17. someone who doesn't know that much. Yeah, at seventeen, I was like, "Thank you. Uh, this is awesome." And then he just completely changed the defense. Practically carried the defense that first year. Uh, yeah. To be perfectly honest, twelve with and you. four season. Yeah, yeah, twelve and four season. And then this year, I think the defense has been okay. Uh, it's a little shaky. I know some people have been complaining that's bad, but in fairness, I mean, it's Lamar Jackson, like. He's really good. Uh, the Cleveland Lamar game Jackson <laughs> and Dak Prescott and, yeah. you know, the Cleveland Browns. It's and a tough schedule so far. Yeah. I think the run exactly. defense needs some work, but Derwin makes these plays sometimes where I'm like, uh, what? Like, I know I'm watching the TV in that right when the quarterback snaps the ball, I don't even see what's going on over there. Sure. That's just what the TV broadcast looks like. But even still, where, where were you? Like, how did you get over here so quickly? That doesn't make any sense. He's really infectious, and you can clearly tell that the locker room and like everybody kind of rides around this guy, right? Especially on the defense. Yeah. If he makes a play, it's just like it's Braveheart, man. He's he's leading everyone into battle. It's great. Hopefully, it doesn't yeah. go the, the end of that movie. But you get what I'm saying, right? Don't watch till the end. But a lot of great parts. <laughs> uh, no, I love that. That was my pick too. And I think it's just not only is he the most charismatic guy on the Chargers. I mean, his first season, like he told Melvin Ingram, or you know, he said in a press conference, like I am going to be one of the leaders of this team. And you could tell already at that point even, right? And then Melvin Ingram's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm a leader for sure, but, like, you're going to have to slow down with all that. The dude hasn't played in a game yet, right? And, like, 
a week later, he's like a team captain, one of the you know vocal <laughs> leaders on the team. But like, it's also that and like just being so good at so many things. I mean, he's lined up at so many different positions so far this year. Like Fernando Tatis Jr. is like hits for power, has a crazy arm, is mm-hmm. super fast, like does all these different things. Derwin James can hit really hard. He can cover Keenan Allen one-on-one in practice. He can close yeah. distance with the best players in the NFL. Like he just does so many things so well that matched with that personality, because he is, you know, one of the Chargers' most outsized personalities. I think he's the only call there, even though, you know, there's no direct comparison, but he's the Chargers, you know, most excitable player. Like when you watch him, you get excited. And like watching him get excited for Justin Herbert gets me excited, right? Yeah. Like even now, like he knows, like he's going, good job, 10, like all this stuff. He's all emotional and stuff. Like, and you can just tell how much he likes Herbert. And like that kind of buy-in going back to what we talked about in the first segment, like getting that buy-in from the rest of your teammates and the other leaders, if you're Justin Herbert being that introverted, you know, science major weirdo that he was coming out of <laughs> Oregon as he was labeled, like that's huge to be one of the guys as Brandon mm-hmm. Staley put it. But Javi, so much fun. I can't believe how much time's already gone by. Thank you so much for being on with us. I know you do a lot more than just Locked On Padres, so where can everyone find your writing? Oh, man. Yeah, I do. Yeah, that's right. I do do writing. Uh, I, I write at a bunch of different places. Um, just Baseball is the main one right now. It's a new website launched by my my buddy of mine, Arm Layton, who does Marlin stuff. He's done Prospect Great stuff. work over there. It's a great website. Definitely check that out. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, which is at Javapeno. That's J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Uh, yes, I know. An incredible username. I get it. It's fine. Don't feel sorry. You don't have to look down on yourself and are upset that you didn't come up with as great a handle as mine. It's fine. You know why? Because I uh, didn't come up with it myself either. Someone else gave it to me. But uh, nonetheless, (laughs) revealed here on Locked On Chargers. Uh, An old, old friend of mine that that I don't even talk to anymore. Um, But I did come up with Mojave Desert. I think that's what I had at one point. But then Havapania was just better. Uh, You can check me out there. Um, Since it's baseball offseason, I'm still going to be writing about the the Padres and baseball stuff for sure. Uh, it's going to get weird. It's going to get creative. I know that for just baseball, we're going to be streaming Mario baseball very soon, which should be a whole lot of fun, a Fire. lot of competitions, trivia shows. And I'm going to be doing very weird articles for just baseball. And then in general, I've got some stuff coming out about once upon a time in Hollywood and how it is the, it's secretly a grand theft auto game. I know crazy, crazy connection there. Uh, going to be writing about a bunch of pop culture stuff. And hopefully some more things I can't talk about uh, just yet because I'm hoping that they uh, come to fruition. But I write about movies. I tweet dumb things um, and including tweeting things about how Justin Herbert is my husband. And I love him very much. Um, Javier Herbert Ray is for you guys. I mean, yeah, big pop culture guy, a lot of movies and stuff. I love going to the movies. One of the lost arts out there right now. But make sure you guys keep up with them. You're not going to find many more entertaining Twitter followers or an entertaining Twitter handle. And hey, look at us. Not a single number between our three Twitter <laughs> handles, huh? I know, right? How about Isn't a round of awesome? applause for that? But Woo! great time. Love it. We're definitely going to have Javi back on the show again for sure. All right, well, a special thank you to Javier Reyes. As he just told you, you guys can go find him all over social media, writing stuff about movies, football, baseball, whatever. I mean, that guy's all over the place. But he is a lot of fun. So thank you again to him for coming on the show today. And thank you for you guys checking out the show today. We very much appreciate it. I know we don't have all Padre fans on here, but I feel like we had a very good Chargers-specific show for you guys today. And the great news is we'll be back with you guys on Monday with a very exciting announcement because we will be on YouTube on Monday. We have a very special guest that we're going to get to come on the show for you guys to 
drop our YouTube starts. So if you guys want to make sure you don't miss it, make sure to check back in with us on Monday so you can get the first ever Locked On Chargers YouTube episode. You can find it on all of our social media. You can find it at Locked On LAC on Twitter. You can find us on our new Instagram page at Locked On Chargers. And you can also find us on our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. We will also be putting it out everywhere on our social media too. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD. But we're very excited about it. We definitely wanted to start our YouTube careers off with a bang. So we're going to have a special guest on here for you guys. Make sure you guys don't miss that because we're going to have a lot of fun with it. And we hope you guys join along for the ride. If you guys want to get on the Locked On Chargers voicemail line, we're still going to be doing that, so you guys can call into 323-524-7924, and we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But make sure you guys are back here with us on Monday as the Chargers get out of their buy and start preparing for the Patriots and to check the Locked on Chargers YouTube page out. Until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.